and welcome to another episode of Manic Mixtape with myself, Foxy Foxy, and my lovely Bud Nut. Bud, Bud. Maybe me talking is like the wrong decision today. Bud Nut. <laughs> yeah, my buddy, Dan Calachico. I don't know why I want to say butt nut and mix it with buddy. I don't know. I don't know whether to be insulted or 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 flattered. <laughs> I don't use butt nut in a derogatory way. I usually mean that in a loving way. So that's I, I mean, uh, I uh, you and I'm th- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna just move on, and we're leaving that in. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, tonight's episode, we are going to be talking all about one-hit wonders, our favorites, whether or not they are considered a one-hit wonder, as well as stories attached to said song that made them a one-hit wonder. Because believe it or not, sometimes being a one-hit wonder isn't always about the charts, but what you do to make you a one-hit wonder. Now you're going to have to clear that one up for me. Oh, I will. This all band, right. not a one-hit wonder. Hell no. I, you know, I feared they would be. I seriously feared the killers would be. What? <laughs> they had two on the first album in the first month. It was over. No, but, no, uh, no. When somebody told me first dropped, yeah. it was so fucking good. Like, yeah. really good. And that's what made me fear is their sound was like, okay, this has such mm. a nostalgic 80s sound. It's really good. Oh, I, I really that. hope that they're not like a one hit wonder. And then the next track. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Brightside came out and then yeah, they've even if the like the last two albums, in my opinion, weren't astounding, but it's still I will buy a band if they come out with an album, I'm buying it. It doesn't matter, I don't care. Yeah. But each album has a top ten hit on it. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the last two were kind of I'm just glad they're still making music. This is a good song. Four or five songs off the album. I'm like, great, 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 great. Compared to the first three, where, in my opinion, are three you listen for start, like they're perfect, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can argue the fourth one, Battleborn, which is the shirt I'm wearing, the tour that finally, when I saw them, um, we could argue that that is pretty much a start to finish. Um, but, you know, I, Tony Banks once said, if I like two or three albums, the song on an album, I reckon I like that album. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what the hell am I talking about? My point is, even though I didn't like the albums, there's a hit on each one of them, at least one. So, <laughs> fuck do I know? <laughs> so they're not on the list. None of my favorites are on the list. And Which is a good thing. Foxy is dying. I just inhaled a shit ton of incense. Well, like, that'll do it. Towards me. Yeah, that'll do it. All right. Uh, but first, in the world of music news. Now, uh, considering we were on two weeks ago, it would be remiss for us to not speak about the Super Bowl performance that just happened. Did you watch? Nope. Really? Nope. Hmm. I don't care. I, I don't care about the commercials. I oh, the music performance. Yes. Yeah, just the performance. Sorry, the sorry. Performance. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. I was going to say, yeah, that's what I watched. I didn't yeah, care about. I watched too. I don't care about the, I don't even care about the commercials anymore. I mean, one of the commercials, I had six people send me that one commercial. I was like, I can't get through it. You got to stop sending me this. <laughs> it's the Robo Dachshund. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, and I finally got, I finally got. Okay. 
yeah, I, I finally got through and I was like, it's amazing. He's alive. He's out the window. But um, I, I, it was rough for me. But, you know, the I don't care. But yeah, the musical performance, of course, that was an all-star lineup, which apparently is a problem. Not to me. Not to me. No, it was fine. It was great. Not to not to a majority of people our age. Yeah. No, you mean, no. That's you mean old? Yeah. Uh, uh, old and of a certain demographic, yes. Um, <laughs> no. This is a music show. Why am I going to talk about commercials and football? I just want to uh, talk about the music. I didn't know. That's why I was so confused. I'm like, I, I'm going to take this ride with her. No, no, I didn't. No, 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 no. Just the performance itself in which we saw Dr. Dre. Well, the quote unquote, what is called the family, which was Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, who was actually a surprise guest, uh, Mary J. Blige, Snoop, Eminem. And uh, I can't remember the other performer's name i never could that's the only problem i could never remember his name either way who the hell else was there there was oh see that's the thing i don't know the other rapper's name i don't know the name of his track but i know it Mm -hmm. so it's it's i don't know either way yeah go ahead either way we saw the perform the family perform in a nine late 90s r&b hip-hop nostalgia ride which I was a little underwhelmed by, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, it was fine. Like, I popped for the songs. I definitely popped for California Love. Yeah. And when they showed 50 Cent come out. But other than that, it, it just, it seemed as though they didn't take full advantage of the space. Kendrick Lamar. Had. There we go, him. It, it, to me, it just felt like they didn't take advantage of the space that they had in order to have these performances. Like, that was the only thing that bugged me. It's like, you got, like, grander. It, 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 it was, the performances were fine. I, I realized that a lot of people don't know how uh, backing tracks and rap performances work. Right. That was a lot of problem. I was like, he's lips. I'm like, God damn it. How can you not hear what I'm, like, how can you not hear Mm-hmm. The, like I don't under why are you watching this? Turn it off. I also found out just to sidetrack a little bit that a lot of people who said they would never watch the NFL again because one guy kneeled uh, still watched it and complained about the um, black halftime show. Air quotes, everybody. Hence why I said of a certain demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you meant, but I, I thought that was funny. I was like, I thought y'all weren't watching anymore. What you? And then Eminem kneeled, and everybody had a problem again. I thought the performance was fine. I would have liked to have heard a completely different Eminem song, mm-hmm. but I understand why they played it for the football, you know, the sports yeah. connotation and everything. But it was a fine performance. It was okay. It wasn't yeah. bad. It was just it was fine. No, exactly. It wasn't bad. Like I, I just wish they took more advantage of the space that they had for performances. Yeah, the stage was very lackluster. It was a yeah. very lackluster uh, stage setting. That was uh, Genesis. A guy who sits in a chair had a better stage show around him than the halftime show, and that thing traveled all over. <laughs> that that yeah, that's that was like my only gripe. Yeah, with it, you know? yeah. Well, but it was like a it was a it was like a hits party. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember that when I was in high school. Oh, I remember that when I was in high school. Oh, I remember that when I was in high school. Oh, God, I'm old. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun. I did see some people also going, oh, my God, I can't believe. And some of them, by the way, a lot of them were unironic. The original post was ironically sarcastic, where it was like, oh, my God, I just saw Snoop Dogg smoking a joint yeah. before. 
But there was a lot of people who were not sarcastic about it. I know. Who were like, I can't really, I don't understand why I'm like, uh, do we, okay. Do you know of Snoop? Like, <laughs> That's like going to a Roger Waters concert and go, why is he so political? Oh, Jesus H. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Facts. Oh, coming off of that big boom. Oh, well, hold on. Can I also yeah. say that it was also, I thought, produced horribly? Audio, audio-wise, and I thought the direction was terrible. Mm-hmm. It just felt junky. Uh, like to add to what you said, like not only was the stage presentation was kind of eh, mm-hmm. bland, but it felt like they cut it like live. To, it felt like like somebody filled in. <laughs> so like, uh, did the original director get COVID and he wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Like it was just it just something fell off about it, and it felt short. It felt. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Because I, I, I looked. It kind of felt. It kind of felt the same amount of time, but it was just. Mm-hmm. It was so like. Well, I think it goes yeah. back to the hasty way it looked edited live. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's over. Because yeah. I remember, like, when the Paul McCartney, he, the last time I watched the Super Bowl before the last time the Eagles were in, which mm-hmm. was when the Eagles were in the time before that, and it just so happened that Paul McCartney was the halftime show, and I'm like. Well, he's going to get like 20 songs in because he only writes two minute song. And then he did he did quite a bit. And I was like, that felt quick. Oh, shit. Half hour went by. What's going on? Yeah. Like, I mean, they always perform like shorter versions and medleys. And I actually love that like so much. Like when JLo and Shakira did their dual medley thing, like for some reason that felt like a lot longer than the 30 minutes. Even when the weekend did it last year, even though I didn't really like all the camera craziness that was going on either, but it's like this one just felt short. I'll say this: Wow, why is my voice cracking like I'm 15 today? <laughs> I'll say this: uh, I still say to this day that uh, Prince and Lady Gaga have the two best halftime shows that I've seen thus far this century, mm-hmm. and there's really nobody. That and, and honorable mention to Phil Collins, who was in the halftime show once when Disney did their thing and Tarzan was on top of the world. So, because of that, he got in. Yes, <sighs> I, I gotta add, I agree with the uh Prince one, I definitely agree with Lady Gaga. On that, I have to add in the uh, the Madonna performance and the Justin Timberlake performance. Justin Timberlake's wasn't more so a wow type of performance, but it was a more so a matter of he brought out legit all of his party songs, made everybody get up out of their seats to dance, especially with his last song, uh, Can't Stop the Feeling. And that was like, this feels like a celebration. This is awesome. Yeah. Can't disagree. And that's an even better segue into the next part of the music news. So in retaliation, to Jamie Lynn Spears deciding to up her career by talking about her sister in a book, Britney Spears is now set to release a tell-all memoir that she signed a $15 million deal for. Man, that family's going to burn. Oh, I know. That family is going to burn. I know. Oh, you know, I was just thinking about that um, when that conservatorship was... uh, I started thinking about it again today because I read somewhere that um is it michelle trachtenberg i think i'm pretty sure it's michelle trachtenberg oh god i hope that's right not michelle trachtenberg 
let me look up this actress. That's being to do to. Give me a second, y'all. Side note, I love. Amanda Pines, not Michelle Trachtenberg. Michelle Trachtenberg is awesome. Yeah. So, God, wow. Okay. Amanda Bynes mm-hmm. is seeking to get her conservatorship ended after nine years. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about her situation and Britney Spears' situation years ago when she was the joke in the media and um, everybody was making light of her situation and how 20 years uh, mental health stigma still hasn't gotten very very hasn't gotten better a lot a whole lot better mm-hmm. uh there was one person i just the pop-up thought as we were talking about there's one person that didn't take shots at her it was craig ferguson craig ferguson when he's still doing the late show when that was all happening uh straight up went on tv and expected like everybody and you expect me to do britney spears jokes i'm not and you know why because he's a recovering alcoholic mm-hmm. like hardcore losing days at a time alcoholic drug user and he's been clean ever since you know he got clean and stayed clean he's like no it's not funny it's not funny what you're doing you're terrible you're all terrible without saying they're terrible it was it was just terrible you know who has bad performances in music speaking of the nhl games the stadium series outdoor game between the nashville predators and the uh tampa bay lightning is going to happen right now and they have um, musical performances there. And it's just horribly covered. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that in there. And I was like, the NHL is so... If there was a personification of not able to read any room that they would be in, it would be the National Hockey League. <laughs> no friggin' idea. Sorry. Anyway, Brittany, uh, I was reading the conservative with how, you know, mental health is still, is still a bad bad thing because all these years we were making fun of Britney Spears and within the last literal year less than a year it's all come to light in a very big way that oh no these people around her kind of not kind of I was meaning kind of sarcastically terrible people to her oh absolutely and uh, I I don't think I was a personal fan of what I call meltdown Britney I felt she made her best music and she's breaking she started, it down. Yeah. She started following her own fucking path, even down to the point of just her hair. She literally said, fuck it. I'm dying my hair black. Yeah. Nobody liked it, but it was like, it, it was almost like. <laughs> nobody liked it. It, it. Believe it or not, it's not about you. I know it's a crazy notion. Yeah. It, it was the whole, like, because this was the time of her blackout album which yeah. was give me more and all that. And I remember that video. She had her black hair. She had little extra pounds on because, oh, my God, she just had a baby. Who'd have fucking thought, you know, that you're not a size zero after you have a baby. And, like, I used to make fun of the video, but I also loved it because it was like, all right, like, I like Mental Breakdown Britney because she's trying to do what she wants to do. She's trying to do the Madonna and evolve and nobody let her and i'm sure that's that had a lot to do when it came to her mental health like when you're not allowed to grow holy hell no it's especially hard when like at a in a very smaller example right Mm. when i like when i have a conversation with somebody that i'm really close to 
I'll sit there and while I talk to him, I'll, you know, without really knowing it, I'll grab my phone or I'll fidget around. And you're not looking at me. You're not listening. I'm like, I'm listening to every word you're saying. Mm-hmm. I literally physically cannot sit here and stare at you like an, like an asshole. Yeah. yeah. You, you, and they don't listen to you. They think it's just an excuse and it's just a behavioral issue. I'm like, no, it's literally part of, I, I, I can't articulate that I can't sit here and just give you my undivided attention like that. I am processing every word you say. Mm-hmm. The school is a lot like that. If I was like doodling on my notes while I was taking notes and not just staring straight into the, to the chalkboard. Yeah. I'm that old. Um, I, imp- I took everything in. It was all there. If you were like, there's a lot of moments, man, I could write a book where forced sit there, pay attention, stupid. And I didn't retain any of it because mm-hmm. I'm just not fucking interested in staring at this person for an hour. Like it just, I, 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 I so on a very basic and much more insignificant level, I can understand her acting that way and trying to get through to people what is happening and how I'm feeling. And people are going, eh, you're just crazy. Get some help, you hard R, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I will be first in line to get that book. One, because I love memoirs. Two, because I love mem- I love memoirs by musicians. But also, just so she can get the money from the book as a fuck you to her sister. Oh, because I'm getting right that now, book. Like I said, right now, you know, her sister, Jamie Lynn, is making a name for herself again off of Britney's name. Her whole fucking book is 90% Britney stories, but it's supposed to be your story. Listen, Jamie, we all know that you're the least talented person of the two. Like, There's no question. So nice try, though. (laughs) That fall is going to be glorious, though. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, Super brief in the world of general music. Uh, things I haven't checked out yet, but others that might be interested in. Just this week, Korn released a new album, I believe titled Requiem. Florence and the Machine have released a new music video and song for an album that will be featured soon. And, oh, there was another band that did something. I can't remember. Oh, Corey Taylor is going to be coming out with a B-Sides um, album from his solo project CMFT, which is basically cover songs. And I'm not mad at that because if anybody has watched Corey Taylor solo perform cover songs live, holy shit. He makes every single song his own and it is amazing. His cover of Wicked Game is one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of people have covered that fucking song, but like his cover of it is so it's stripped down. It's just him and his fucking guitar. That's literally it. Nothing else. And it's so raw. He can make anything just sound so raw and intimate. And I think that's why I love his cover so much. It's not even getting listed on the, uh, on this discography. I can't even look at it. I wanted to see the track listing. It's not out yet. Ah, poopy head. That's what I like about Ghost. When they put an album out, they'll put like an EP out as well. 
mm-hmm. or a bonus track version, which will be like three or four covers, period. Yeah. You know, that's why I always bring this up when because we, we've done a, if you go to the HIC Talk Radio Network on your podcast app and find all our old episodes, look for the cover, favorite cover episodes. Um, one of the things you talked about is how covers that we don't like so much are covers that sound exactly the same as the original. Mm-hmm. Well, Ghost did Here Comes the Sun, not like the original. Well, I really want to know his the track listing for the album because I'm, I'm intrigued now. Let me see if I can. I looked. It's not up. I can't find it. Google. Okay. That's what I mean. I looked at Google. Trying if you can find it. Because it was in an article. I should have written them down. But where's all the party people at? I don't know. It's it's Saturday night and things are back open. So Flipknot's Corey Terrell unveils CMFB sides track listing. Oh, oh, let me. We got. Nine unreleased B-sides, acoustic rendition, live versions, and covers of tracks that inspired Slipknots. Ooh. Oh, okay, boy. so we got uh, Lunatic Fringe, by uh, previously by Red Rider. Uh, got to Choose by Kiss. Mm. Uh, All This and More by the Deddy Boys. Taylor's snarling cover of Metallica's Holier Than Thou. Acoustic takes on Kansas and halfway down from his CMFT album. A live medley of Home and Stone Sour's famous Come Whatever May finale, ZZYXYZ Road. Wow. Uh, Shaken by any money. Holy shit. He covers on the dark side from Eddie and the Cruisers. There you go. Oh my god. I love that song so much. Yeah, notice, Jesus. I love that song so fucking much. I don't know why, but it just reminds me of, like, just going down the Jersey Shore. Even though I've only done it twice in my life and I never listened to that song while I did it. Okay, it it, it reminds me of imaginary expectations I had for what Jersey Summers would be. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Because my, mind you, when I hit teen years, it was the 90s. So younger in the 80s, I envisioned a very stereotypical Jersey 80s, uh, you know, shore thing. For some reason, I always felt the Jersey Shore was just 80s world. Nope. And that's yeah. all I would... And he got down there, it was like, oh. Oh, when I grow up, I'm going to take my dad's car, which was like a Trans Am at the time, and I'm going to go down the shore, listen to Eddie of the Cruisers and Springsteen. And... No. Unless you I went never... to the uh, the Ocean City Mall. Yeah, no. See, I never got to do that. As a Jersey girl, I've only been down the shore twice. I guess my proximity was like a yearly thing until I moved out. Well, yeah, I'm about a four-hour drive without traffic. Yeah, I'm like hour. So it's like <laughs> straight shot. Was it twice? And Atlantic City Expressway done, and then you pick which uh, you go up the Parkway, whichever uh, shore you wanted to go to. Yeah, twice I believe. Yep, twice. <laughs> That's pathetic. 
Anyway. Sorry. All right. Um, I don't know if this would be considered news or not, but it is a recommendation. So I finally finished watching um, High Fidelity, the series on Hulu starring Zoe Kravitz. This came out when Hulu was like really starting to get their own uh, shows. And yes, High Fidelity, High Fidelity, the series is a reboot of the movie starring Joan, uh, John Cusack, which was technically a book by Nick Hornby. Huh. The show is only 10 episodes, one season. Made modernized, but fucking brilliant. Still holds true to the original movie and the book, even though there's a bunch of differences between all three. Um, and if not, if if not because like you liked the movie or book, there are like two really good reasons to watch this show then. One, Zoe Kravitz. I was gonna say Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> the second one being there is so much music talk. In this, because she owns a record store. And, like, the things that they say and the way they nerd out about music. Well, it reminded me of us, first of all. But it's just so valid, too. And the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. There's an official High Fidelity series soundtrack by Hulu on Spotify. And it features every single song played in the movie. It's an eight-hour playlist. Um... But this is where the Phil Collins bit comes in because everybody at the shop was talking about whether or not they should sell someone a Michael Jackson album because of, you know, the controversy that was surrounding Michael Jackson. To which, you know, the argument came up of, well, who, well what kind of albums or what kind of artists would be selling anything if it wasn't, you know, for a reputation like so everyone they're all going off of well we'd probably still be selling Elton John and we've really said this person this person and Zoe Kravis goes oh and Phil Collins I'm like ha Dan would like that yeah so far I say so far not so far it's sarcastic uh, really he's not a good husband he's not a good husband and the press lambasted, you know, English press is bad. English press, press is terrible. And they were tw- twice as terrible to him. Uh, and I'm not defending his terrible husband. You know, the takes two to tango. One of those, uh, on two of those marriages, it takes two to tango. Like on the first marriage, she told him, if you go out on this world tour with Genesis, I will not be here when you come back. She was not there when she he came back. <laughs> and he was like, but I'm a musician. This is my job. You'll understand. Nope. Took the kids and left. Um, and uh, and then had, then, you know, cheated on him. And that was, a, you know, mm-hmm. that's one. The second one was on him. Completely on him. Found yeah. an old, found an old, it's not high school in England, whatever the hell it is. Old school sweetheart and Whoopsies. Um, oh, I and, fell over. <laughs> oh, I fell over again. Uh, <laughs> the third one is totally on his wife, uh, or soon to be ex-wife, twice. Two times. The first one, it was more amicable. The second one, well, it's in the press right now, and she's really being a terrible person. And unfortunately, he's a, unfortunately for her, 
he is a millionaire. She he took her back in because he still loved her. And she was not in a good marriage. So she was like, come live with us and I'll help with the divorce from him and then uh, just live here. And then under his nose, she met somebody else, got married under his nose. Well, not under his nose, because at the time she he was supposed to be touring. COVID happened, so he couldn't leave the house and she went along with it anyway. So he threw her out. She tried to sue him for the house that he owned. That failed. It's it's just a mess. So that Phil Collins's flaw is that he's a terrible husband. He's just yeah, not yeah. good. But other than that, I mean, yeah. no, I'm very glad to hear that. That's good. You damn right. You'd still sell Phil Collins records, and don't you forget it. <laughs> and so, yeah. With that, again, to those that have not checked it out, if you just want to watch it for music purposes, I highly recommend. High Fidelity on Hulu. Again, it's only 10 episodes. Each episode's only about 34 to 28 minutes long. You could binge it in a day. Great show. I need to watch that. No idea that existed. Mm-hmm. Need to watch that now. I was just looking at the soundtrack and I'm like, Bowie's in this a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a whole thing about Bowie in there. Yeah, I'm looking at the whole it. Whole thing. Not only does the, the uh Rob, the lead character Zoe Kravitz plays, go on a whole tangent where she goes through her top five albums and then she goes on this whole big thing about Black Star. Yeah. But like uh there is there's a Bowie album that is very uh pre- prevalent to just the whole story. One of the subplots of the story is really cool. That's the other thing. Like the whole part, one of the premises of high fidelity is that the main character literally lives their lives through making everything in a top five list. Yeah. That's the John Cusack yeah. character in the, in the yes. movie. And, you know, making the perfect playlist and such, which is the premise of the book as well. So, you know, throughout the movie, you get, you know, top five lists of, you know, Bowie albums or heartbreaks or what have you. And it's, and she guides you through making the perfect playlist. It's, it's really cool. And again, it was adapted to modern day like Spotify, cell phones, all it was adapted really fucking well from what was you know a well, maybe late nineties movie. I think it was like ninety six, yeah. ninety seven, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember. So again, yeah. highly recommend. Highly Interesting. Recommend. Zoe Kravitz was one of the damn producers on this. Mm. Wow! All right, Zoe. I love that episode two is called track two. Mm-hmm. I, episode I, I, one, top five heartbreaks. Sorry, go ahead. I, I really wish it would just be a little bit of a longer series because she she rocked that lead character so much. It reminded me of her dad a little bit when it came to the style. Like, it was great. Oh, gee, who's her dad? Uh, some guy. Oh. <laughs> some guy. <laughs> so I, I legit, I said, nobody knows this. I swear. Where? Nobody, what I said, if, if nobody knows the answer, oh, oh no, no, I'm being sarcastic. Like, no, 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 I know you are, but like to whoever else is listening, like if we get like a tweet afterwards, who, who's your dad? Not so <laughs> groovy, kind <laughs> David just said, not so groovy kind of love movie released in 2000. No fucking way, really? It was that late. I said late 90s, I was close. No way. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. He's absolutely right. I'm not questioning. I just, I thought it, it just screamed mid 90s. 90s vibes. Yeah. 90s vibes. But he said, uh, uh, reference to Phil Collins, not so groovy kind of love. 
Uh, he didn't write that song, so it doesn't count. <laughs> ha! Ha! Speaking of covers, ha! Wash it. <laughs> okay. Somebody well, was good. questioning. Somebody questioned something about Genesis with me the other day, and I was like, "Are you sure?" When whenever they follow up with, "Are you sure?" I just don't respond. I go, "Yeah." Like, do, do they know you? Stop talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quit while you're well, that, said, that is the nerd news for the week. Not an easy lover. Okay, that's better. He co-wrote that one. There you go, Damon. <laughs> and now into our main, I guess, discussion of the night, which will delve off into a bunch of other things. We always do. Yeah. I always do. That we love. Now, as I mentioned before, some of these are, in fact, one-hit wonders. Others are one-hit wonders per billboard standards, because we're going to be debating a lot about whether or not it should be considered a one-hit wonder. But also how some songs and some artists only became one-hit wonders because of themselves and not necessarily their music. I'll kick it off with this one as an example. A one-hit wonder I love. And Damien will know this story because he was there when I heard the story. Is Lips of an Angel by Hinder, which came out around somewhere between the 2005, 2007 ever, when every song was about sex. Now, yeah. this, is a, this is a nice ballad, sort of, uh, even though lyrically it is about a guy talking to his ex love, still professing his love for her on the telephone while his girlfriend is in the next room. Um, so, yeah. Now, I've heard other Hinder tracks. They could have been a thing. But they made themselves a one-hit wonder by doing interviews after that song became a number one hit. (laughs) Talking about how they're going to be the biggest rock stars and the biggest rock band there is. Kind of like in Casual Sex, how that one guy who's just a, a rising, budding nothing on the music scene says he's going to be bigger than Elvis. That is what they did. And they killed their career right then and there. Good job, Hinder. We, one would say they hindered their career. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That was nice. Nice. I like that. You didn't plan that. Imagine (laughs) if we planned this. I know. Now that is a perfect example of what I mean by they made themselves a one hit wonder. Lead singer's disease. Mm-hmm. Whoopsie. And I won't even be dead. <laughs> so I'm getting fed lines by Damien. I know. He, I know it's, he's, he's requoting the rest of the uh, casual sex thing. Now I'm going to be bigger than Elvis. And I won't even be dead. No, but your career will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess my first. Oh, wait. That was your first one. That was an example. Yes. That, well, no. Well, it's both. Okay. Uh, I mentioned this song last week's or last episode. I'm going to mention it again, so it won't be on the list. Uh, the way <laughs> my fastball, <Yeah. laughs> big one hit wonder. Unfortunately. I love that goddamn song. It's unfortunate because I feel the song I mentioned and the song you mentioned, which I forgot, but I went back to listen to it after the episode would have been hits. Uh, I said fire escape. I forget the one you said. Oh, but, um, 
that was so such a globally big like that was everywhere for a while or nationally at least Mm -hmm. and then nothing (laughs) it's just nothing don't know what happened there but yeah that's a that's a great song and i want to point out again a true story so i'll write down mine you write down yours got it so you can add your own to the list and i'll add mine Mm-hmm. I have some surprising ones in there, but some of these might be debatable, but I couldn't think of a second hit, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Right. Because it, because th- this is what the show is for. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> Damien's going to like this one. I wanted to mention it last week. So, not last week, but the week before. I wanted to mention it so bad. But I didn't because it didn't really fit what we were talking about. Heartbeat. By Don Johnson. I fucking love that song so much. I will like sing it to the heavens. Really? I have an ugh too, so don't worry about it. That song is the shit. (laughs) Absolute shit. And might I say, Heartbeat by Don Johnson was so good that it inspired a character from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place to write a similar song, and you will know him as Laszlo from what we do. I was going to say, is it the Matt Berry bit? (laughs) That song was totally inspired by Heartbeat. Kelly told me about Dark Place, and I had no idea that the song he sings was inspired by Don Johnson's Heartbeat. Yep. Kelly's in the doorway laughing her ass off right now. I, I love him. Oh my god! I found that once when when LimeWire was still a thing. I found it. <laughs> the video is so bad for that song. It is. But it's, it's so good. Oh it's, man, yeah. No, I knew who you meant when you said it. I was like, ah, oh, Laszlo, very good. Okay, oh, so yeah. the, the my double ugh to you. It might be an ugh. Okay. I want to tell you a story behind this. I used to work at a. Uh, I used to work at the Comcast call center. If you had a problem with the Comcast, you lived in Jersey, Philly, basically Delaware Valley. And we started taking North Jersey calls, too. But we're sitting there on a particularly slow day when a lot of calls weren't coming in. The song popped in my head and the guy who sat across from me, I'm still friends with Dan is his (laughs) name as well. I said, hey, Dan, you remember this song? And I started saying to it that Dave next to me was like, I love that song. And then we sang it together. He was a soap opera star on General Hospital and had a one pop hit. And his name is Jack Wagner. And the song is All I Need. You will know the song if you hear it. More than likely. I guarantee. And I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) Yes, I am. All I need. It's just a little more time. Yes, exactly. That's him. Oh. Yeah, it's, ter- it's terrible. <laughs> it, I'm not just doing terrible songs. People, I'll mention, like, God, that song did not age well. I'm like, fuck you. I love that song. It's a great song. All I Need, Jack Wagner. Amazing. And he had that. It was a big hit. It was a like a top 10 in the States. And then he never did anything ever again, music-wise. He was still like a soap opera actor for years, but musically, gone. Hmm. Anybody my age, I mentioned that song. I'm like, I remember that song. And even I sang it, you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a lot of radio play. It would have bled into other formats. It was kind of that big at the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Jack Wagner, All I Need. Great song. 
One Hit Wonder, my favorite. I'm it's the one song not on Spotify? <gasps> Uh-oh. That's it. We're canceled Spotify. I don't care about Joe Rogan. We're canceled Spotify. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. No. Okay. I'm going to throw it on over to the new metal age. Because w- within every like decade and with every genre <laughs> comes an oversaturation henceforth why the genre dies like 80s hair metal like everything like that just became so oversaturated that it died same thing with grunge and then then of course there was new metal and a lot of bands from the new metal era did survive except for one and became a one-hit wonder and might i say i saw them live they were terrible absolutely terrible oh i hope it's the one i'm thinking i don't know uh and that's one hit wonder song is butterfly by crazy town Oh my god. Yeah. Well, that's the one that didn't survive, huh? That is the band that did not survive. <laughs> and had that one and only hit. Not only hit, but that was the only song that even got radio play by them because the rest of their album with the exception of one other song, but that's only a personal favorite of mine, the rest of the album is trash. <laughs> Absolute trash. It's like it was it almost feels like the band was literally just one of those marketing ones. Like, you know how every like like I said, every like genre boom has that one band that, you know, a lot of producers just put them in a room together and yeah. said, let's create something. That's what they you mean. The Sex thought. Pistols. Sure. They they were. That's why I like is I like insulting the Sex Pistols anytime I want for obvious reasons. Fucking asshole. But they're, but they're iconic. <laughs> they're iconic. So much. They're chronically fake. Yes, but iconic. Bring it on. Bring it on, fuckers. I ain't afraid of you. Iconic nonetheless. But I mean, again, they 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 were just like a bunch of guys that didn't even sound like they ever worked together or even were friends. They just like. And now I'm not saying that that is what they were. I'm just saying that that's what they came off as. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I understand. Fair enough. I have one uh, that piggybacks off this. Okay. This was a radio hit, so I'm counting it. Okay. I think I mentioned it once before. I absolutely love this song. I think the band is generally garbage. uh, And I've seen a live performance as well. Godhead the Reckoning. Ooh. The Reckoning got radio play, got a music video play a lot, mm-hmm. and they were touting this this Marilyn Manson's discovery. This is going to mm-hmm. be amazing, and yes. that's why I mentioned it, because of the Marilyn Manson connection. Did that song, got a bunch of play, got on the Blair Witch 2 soundtrack, and it killed mm-hmm. it. Died. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> Nothing coming back. They tried to release a cover, like the other single off that album, I think was a cover of Eleanor, not I think, I know, it's a cover of Mm -hmm. Eleanor Rigby that makes me want to choke myself to death, it's that bad. I think Um, that's the one that everybody fucking knows, even though it wasn't like a thing. It was just pushed on so many soundtracks back then. Yeah, and it it just, nobody cared. (laughs) Nobody cared, and and Mm -hmm. got it. And I think it's one of those bands that even though nobody cared, they've released like 17 other albums Mm -hmm. before and after, but yeah, no, it was... DOA, as they say, but I love yeah. that song. I mean, I think one of their tracks, I don't know, I could be wrong. So one of their tracks was featured on Queen of the Damned. Penetrate. Yes. Why do I remember that? 
Because Queen of the Damned is one of the best damn soundtracks in the world. Wow. Okay. On track lover is not on. Oh, one track lover is not a, on Spotify. There's a lot of stuff that's not on there, believe it or not. All right. Well, as long as it's not my song, I can forgive them. <laughs> All right. All right let's Your see. turn. My turn. My turn. All right. Um, this next one, completely off cuff, also comes with a story of once more. It wasn't the song that made them a one hit wonder. So in the 90s, you know, boy bands and pop girl pop was all the rage and one all girl group that came out and had a huge hit was dream with he loves you not that song well i'm not gonna sing it so i'm not gonna sing it either okay either way great pop track made it onto the billboard top hits was had to be retired on trl at the time Instead of falling off on its own, it had to be retired. Ladies and gentlemen, back in the day, we had this thing called Total Request Live on MTV with Carson Daly. And, you know, we requested videos to be number one or number two and what have you. And if a song was at number one for so long, they had to physically retire the album from rotate, the song from rotation so that other videos can get a chance to be number one. So as I was saying, yeah. That track had to be retired from TRL, et cetera, et cetera. So what happened? What happened to any other hit? Well, they suffered from the Diddy curse. Many people do not know Dream was the brainchild of P. Diddy at the time. And in this period of time, P. Diddy was really looking to market on the group sensation that was going on. So he had a show on mtv called making the band which the first season he created an all guy group one hit uh he came out with dreams separately they weren't a part of that one hit and then the diddy curse then fell on to the next group which took two seasons to figure out which was called danity kane they literally only had one one number one single. They lasted a little bit longer, but henceforth, once more, they suffered from the Diddy curse and broke up and are now gone. Now, the Diddy curse is basically <laughs> overproduction and far too much control in what your sound and look and everything is like simply for the fact of punching out hits. That's mm. the Diddy curse. Yeah, the pr- um, Producers aren't what they used to be, Diddy. Yes. It's like the early days of the Beatles where George Martin's like, well, no, I want to sound like this. Oh, okay. <laughs> then by the third album, he was like, well, what do you want it to sound like? We should work together now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was laughing, not at you. I was laughing because I remember that um, uh, the, on Chappelle's show, there was a um, parody of making the band. And I was just mm-hmm. at one point, at one point, he goes, I want you to go out there, get me some breast milk. And he just cuts back to him drinking the breast milk, and he's clanking the bottles together. Clink, clink. And he goes, breast milk. And I don't know why that popped in my head. When he said making the bed, that's what popped in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I remember that song. And Damien sent me the video. I'm like, I remember the song. I remember what they look like. The Diddy Curse. 
Okay, one hit wonder, Patrick Swayze. She's like the wind. I had a feeling you were going to say that because I was in the car earlier today and Hungry Eyes came on. I'm like, I should put this on there, but I'm pretty sure the other Dirty Dancing track will be on there. I mean, they're both one hit wonders, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, honorable mention to Hungry Eyes was screw you, Patrick Swayze did. She's like the wind through my tree. What a dumb lyric, but that song is great. (laughs) Yeah, those lyrics are kind of... I feel a breath in my face. I always... (laughs) When I, I'll, I'll play the song and I'll mime it and I'll always go, I feel a breath in my face. <laughs> Ugh, God. Yeah, that's Ooh. just gross on all levels. Like, They're lying close to me. Nothing. Can't look in her eyes. You know, it's a great song. Well, I mean, you can't look in her eyes if her breath is right there on your face. Yeah, I know it's melting your it's melting your um, your pupils. You can't really look. Yeah, not trees too. <laughs> uh, Damien, uh, Damien, uh, is he in trouble? No. Oh dear. You might want to look up the lyrics to that song, sir, before you correct me on that one. Uh-oh. He's saying through my dreams, not my tree. It's tree. What? She's out of my league. Sorry. It's okay. It's absolutely okay. Yeah, but no, it's through my tree. Leave like wind through a tree. It blows the leaves. But why would he be a tree? I don't know. It's Patrick Swayze. There are some questionable lyrics, though. He didn't write it, did he? Yes, he did. Oh, it, the story actually, the story behind that is whatever movie came out before um, Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. uh, he actually wrote the song for that and gave it to producers. Like, I wrote the song, they're like, We don't want that, that's not gonna be a hit. So, he gave it to producers of Dirty Dancing, like, I had this song nobody wanted, and they were like, Oh, yeah, we're putting that on there. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that song. I love that song. But like, I mean, day when I first would watch the movie as a kid, I shouldn't have. No, you shouldn't have. Like, no, I really, I didn't. Neither should, neither should have I. I shouldn't. I, I didn't understand some of the things that were going on until I watched it as an adult. I'm like, oh damn. But anyway, I digress. That song. By Patrick Swayze, and then you know the lead track "Time of My Life," which is uh, yep. I always felt they were so out of place. Well, yeah, because the movie's in the fifties, late late fifties, early sixties, maybe. It just those two songs just being featured. Even, okay, like she's like the wind. I get it. It's technically not in the time of the movie. It's just background noise. I get it. You know, for that one scene, but like the last track, "Time of My Life," that literally is an '80s track being danced to in late '50s, '60s, and it would drive me bananas back then. Cause it's like this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit. Um, you know, I used to it used to bother me, but now we have um uh um what the hell is the director? Why am I blanking on his name? Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction. Tarantino? Tarantino. 
he puts modern music in all of his movies that are period pieces, so it's like whatever. I mean, uh, a lot of things do that now, and it yeah. fucking it is. does piss me off. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep with the movie thing that we got going on right now, okay? With a man who wrote and sang his own song in a movie, it became a one hit wonder. And to me, it is by far one of the coolest songs ever. This one song made this man an icon, an icon. Easily recognizable. He's featured at cons sometimes, even though nobody really knows his real name. And they only know him as Hot Saxophone Guy. I Still Believe by Tim Capello from the Lost Boys soundtrack. You're making this face. You don't know Hot Saxophone Guy from the Lost Boys? I don't remember that song. I haven't seen the Lost Boys since I was like preteen. Sorry. I'm sorry. He's on the boardwalk late at night and he sings a song with the saxophone. He got the muscles going and stars like dancing. Hold hold on. Kelly, (laughs) should I know who hot saxophone guy from Lost Boys is? (laughs) That's all he's an icon, simply known as hot saxophone guy. He is not hot anymore. He's quite old. He's not hot anymore. He's quite old. Well, we all get old. But again, he that that one scene with that one song, which, like I said, he sang. That's his song. He sang it. He played the sax on it. Made him a fucking icon. So I mean, so much so when he's he's doing cons now. People come to see him constantly. Uh, synthwave group Gunship featured him in a song called Dark All Day, and in the music video for it, which was vampire esque, they created him as his hot saxophone guy character. Great fucking song. It played the other day in the car as me and Damien were driving and it never plays. I wrote it down on the list right away. Which, I'm going to say it again. There needs to be more saxophone in songs uh, these days. You know who I'm talking about now, Yes, right? I do. Yes, 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 yes. Who, fun fact, Damien this. he was also the saxophonist for Tina Turner. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What's his name? Tim Capello. C-A-P-E-L-L-O. Hold on. Uh-oh. You know this man. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, come on, Wikipedia, you fucking... Please tell me it's the same guy. Oh, God. He's in Peter Gabriel's band. He was in Peter Gabriel's touring band from 77 to 79. Nice. And he's the guy that he always shaking his fucking hip. Yeah. Constantly when he's playing. Unfortunately, he tried to do the same intro to the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway for an encore that Tony Banks from Genesis did. And it's not great. It's very funny. I'll play you the intro before we leave and I'll tell you where he gave up. But he, he, he it's a long, not a long, but it's a piano intro where he's using crosshand. And Tony is, I told you, he's probably the best guitar- keyboardist ever lived. Yes. Period. There's nobody better. Rick Wakeman, anybody modern, there's nobody better than Tony. But praise to Tim Capello because he tried. He does the first bar, and then there's a middle part where Tony would go high, medium, and low and do all these things right, where Tim just went, never mind. And then the low part, they <laughs> did the intro. But Tim Capello, we always made fun of him because I'm like, where the fuck does this guy think he is? Kelly, the hot saxophone guy from Lost Boys. Was Peter Gabriel's saxophonist? 
<laughs> she goes, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm looking at him and I saw an older picture. I'm like, wait a second. I know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's all over Peter's second album and he toured with him for like two years. That's fucking funny. Nice. God, he put on like 20 pounds of muscle between that and the Lost Boys. Because he used to be a little skinny guy and then he gets the Lost Boys. He's like, I'm wrestling. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, he worked for Tina Turner a lot. Sim, same guy. That's crazy. That I I remember him for the other thing, and not the fact that he's in the Lost Boys and that fuck. Okay. Nice. Blue, you, you breaking news for Dan. Wow. Nice. That's so funny. That's our clip. I'm gonna superimpose a picture to Capello yes. from the movie, and then Peter Gabriel. That's so funny. 10 year wow. challenge. Hashtag. Oh my. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> it literally is. A ten, it's like the eight year challenge for him. Well, yeah. Ah, so funny. There's just one picture. Like I went to the Google images and it's all lost boys related. And then there's like the eighth or ninth picture on a mobile phone. So it's, you know, three across yeah. of him wearing nothing but a string string thong on stage with a saxophone with a guy miking him up. And I'm like, hold on a second. I know that hip anyway. <laughs> it is. It's that fucking guy. That's insane. Still has a net worth of three million. Yeah, he does. He's a session musician. You look at his discography, he played for everybody. That's amazing. More props to hot saxophone guy, Tim Capella. Right? I, I was I was blowing him off, and now I'm never mind. Mm. Blowing him virtually. Oh, it's my turn. Yes, it is. This man was in well, it, the, the, the one hit. Why is my voice cracking like this? It's hot saxophone guy. God, hot saxophone guy. Um, this man was in a band in the 80s that had one hit. This man, Sir Bob Geldof, would go on to form Band Aid, Live Aid, Live Eight, Live Earth. It was all Sir Bob Geldof. But in the 80s, he was also the star of Pink Floyd, the wall movie. Mm. That is Bob Geldof. But in the 80s, he was a band called Boomtown Rats. And some of you might have heard this song. Please go to our Spotify companion list and listen to all these songs we're mentioning. If you don't know. And it's a song called I Don't Like Mondays. Preach. Great song. And I'm sure you it's another one where I'm not going to try to sing that one because this voice is very unique. Um, and it's funny because it's not funny. It's, it's about a school shooting that happened in the eighties in like Cincinnati Midwest in the States that he wrote about. So anybody who says why he's always, he's literally always been an advocate for anything his entire career, but the song is great and it shouldn't be when you listen to it, you're like, I should hate the song. And it's not, it's great. It's a, one hit though. Mm. They performed it live at live eight as well. And it ne the band never got another follow-up hit, not at least of all in the States. But again, Bob Geldof became Sir Bob Goddamn Geldof. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. But as far as his band, that song, and it's one of my favorites. I love that song. Nice. <laughs> and now it's your turn. Back The ball's back in your court. The ball is back in my court. All right. Hmm. Let's see. That one has a story to it. That one has a story to it. Hmm. She's like the wind. 
Okay, I'm still going to piggyback off of the movie thing here for a sec. Because we briefly, I don't want to say we briefly touched on it because we really didn't, but my loud, obnoxious ass had to mention it during uh, our last episode of Nerd Herders Rebooted, (laughs) which you can watch every last Wednesday of the month on DanLaw.tv. Scotty doesn't know by Lustra from the Euro Trip soundtrack, which many people might believe or remember that in the movie, it was a very punk rocked out Matt Damon who performed the song with the band is named actually Lustra. And this is quite literally their only hit ever. Wow. Yes. And it's such a fun fucked up song. <laughs> such a fun fucked up song. Uh, to me, it's a normal pop song. I mean, hey, dudes That's at ringside, what's going on? That is very true. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a. Uh... Yeah, no, I, I, I had a follow up, but I, I, I lost it. It's gone. It's, it's a great gone. song that like you should really hate. You sh- it, there's that that song has no reason to be good. And it is. That's what I was trying to say. Lost yes. Uh, I'm going to make this one simple. Whip it by Devo. <laughs> Did you know the lead singer of Devo ended up being a huge character and having a huge part in the kids show Yo Gabba Gabba? Hey, he also wrote the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Mike uh, Mark Mothersball um, Mothersbaugh uh, writes music for um, God everything. He everything is awesome. That's him from the Lego Movie. Hmm. Does that technically make him a non-one hit wonder? I don't. Mm. No, the band. I mean, the no. band. Devo didn't. No. And Devo is one of those bands that will still tour the the festival circuit mm-hmm. and and get huge reactions. But as far as the band itself, they had one top twenty. They had one top ten. Yeah, that was it. That's right. He he composed music for Rugrats, the entire run of Rugrats. Mm-hmm. Um. God, Liquid Television he did. I believe that. Felix the Cat Revival, Sliders. Uh, hold on, I'm getting the stuff that we know. The Sims 2, that's him. Hmm. Uh, he did stuff for PB's Playhouse. Not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Dumb and Dumber's him. Where is film? That's what I'm looking for. Trying to look for his uh, writing, but oh well. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu. That's him. Yeah, not surprised. Yeah. So he just Patrick, like the twenty-two jump, the twenty-two, twenty-one and twenty-two Jump Street was him, and everything. Like he, that's what he does now. He scores. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, everything is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, your turn. It's okay. I'm immature. Actually, you want to talk about immaturity for a hot second? Let's talk immaturity because that was also the main topic of like everything from Nerd Herders uh, last week, which you guys could you know catch the replay on if you so choose after hearing about my immaturity. It's actually quite funny. Okay, so Damien was upstairs before watching. Uh, 
the latest episodes of He-Man and Ma- well, Masters of the Universe by Kevin Smith. And um, I hate that show. It's not what I wanted. So, so He-Man. He-Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's talking oh, to no. a bunch of other people, right? Yeah. And I forgot exactly how it came about, right? But they're like battling things and talking about, you know, well, where's the safest place to be, right? And He-Man goes, get behind me. That's the safest place to be. And I'm like, like, oh, you just followed that stereotype, didn't you, buddy? Yeah. I didn't even think that was funny. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I did. I snorted right away. I yeah, I mean, you were. My up and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I thought of, God, this is where my brain goes. You tell that story. This is why the episodes are so long all, all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, at the end of Ghostbusters, original oh. one, where the temple explodes. Spoiler alert, they win. Um, the temple explodes. That's before CGI and special a lot. That's real. That's a miniature on set being exploded. Mm-hmm. And one of the other special effects guy <laughs> asks the main guy doing the explosion, where is it safe? And he turns around and goes behind me somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, and it still got hit with a park bench on top of the temple. It careened off a mirror and hit him right in the head, which made me ask, why is there a mirror in the special effects set? <laughs> but anyway yeah well it meant it's my turn now it is we were all doing this dance in the mid 90s and anybody who says they weren't is a liar if they didn't try it at least once Macarena okay. by Los Del Rio mm-hmm. I don't care how metal or how hardcore or sappy music you get that's a damn good pop song (laughs) (laughs) and it was a big hit Mm -hmm. it was have you heard the english version i think i've refused why the macarena is a whore oh nice where is she where does she work i'd like to meet her (laughs) now lyric lyrically like the trend because they have the actual translated, they have the English version of it as well, which they used to like rock so much here on KTU. And it's it's terrible. It is absolutely the English version, absolutely terrible. But like, I, I try to stay away from translations. Well, I don't want to like, like 99 Red Balloons. I don't want to hear that one. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't want to hear the English version. I want to hear about nuclear holocaust uh, the German way. 99 that's what i want to hear not 99 that yep yeah. oh, there you go there's a one hit wonder yeah there's one actually with both of those even when they translate it over well yeah they say the yeah english, the english lyrics of it don't match up with the beat because no, not at all, because they got a language it's different the, the syllables are different to go with the beats it's so like even with 99 Loft Balloons, Loft Balloons, and like... Loft Balloons! It's like the translation is just absolutely horrible because it just sounds like it's dubbed wrong. I am sure there are others out there. And I've only listened to it once because of who did it. And I'm sh- again, I'm sure there's others out there, but 
the only example I have of a German album by a, a non-German speaking artist being done right is Peter Gabriel. I'm going back to the well, folks. He did two. He did his third and fourth album completely in German. And he didn't just translate it. He rewrote it so it sounded good in German to the melody that he, uh, to the song that already exists. Mm-hmm. So Lord, Here Comes a Flood was, La, here comes a flute. You know, it was so like that. <laughs> and he re- just rewrote it so the words made sense mm-hmm. in German. Because also he's educated and he can speak like three goddamn mm-hmm. languages. See, that, that, definitely makes sense i mean another great i mean we're going off cuff but this is what we do That's even like do. um do host by rammstein yes yes he did um damien just mentioned it on Dude, the chat the english the because i heard the english version too i didn't need to i was able to translate it on my own because i know a little bit of german a little bit yeah but like the english version is horrible and doesn't sound as imposing and and, and, and like I remember because well, it's also German. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite TikToks is a woman who um, was originally born in Germany who lives over here now, but she speaks very good English. Like you can't even tell she's German, mm. but she has these joke videos where somebody will, in the comment section will ask her to say a word in German and try not to sound angry with the implications. Like, well, you can't say this word without sounding angry. And the joke is she can never say it without saying, ah! mm. <laughs> but I remember hearing the English version of Duhast first. Mm-hmm. And going, what? I who? Why is this song? This sucks. And then hearing the German version on the opening of CKY Volume Two or Three, mm-hmm. and they do the uh, all of Bam's other faults. He's a big fan of international like m- music from overseas, yes. like anything. And he kept the original German, the original version of Du Hast is in it. And um, even though it's a joke bit of Ryan Dunn chasing him through town. To the mm-hmm. beat like this, the song's still like, yeah, this is what I want. I don't want that English shit. Agreed. Plus, our language is stupid anyway. I can't say that though. I did say it though. We got goofy, dumb rules, man. It's weird. Yes, the 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 rules when it comes to words and and sentence structure and such are very questionable very questionable all right this is why i love doing shit with you we like literally like go off so off cuff and it's so great i love it so much i try okay my turn my turn all right so i'm gonna go with you spin me round by dead or alive thank you for mentioning that i didn't know he was dead yeah and i didn't know that See, I, I crap on TikTok a lot, but I I find out information on there that I don't expect sometimes. Mm-hmm. For instance, what was his name? No, I'm not letting that go. I must look that up because I'm blanking on his name now. But I didn't realize he had a major, major plastic surgery botch on head done you might have seen the same video on tiktok i did then probably where it was uh, showing burns heat burns yes the the and yes now yeah 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 i saw the same one which is what made me put it on the list but yeah and no, i was I, like oh my god i would have murdered that doctor mm-hmm. 
And I mean, he also, I mean, he didn't have enough problems with the drug addiction and, and the substance abuse and everything else that happened that took him down because that guy was going to be a star. Yeah. That band, they nailed the glam rock thing right, in my opinion. There's a lot of bands that look bad trying to do glam, glam kiss, glam rock in the 80s, kiss. Uh, but that man, God damn it, that was sexy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the stardom took it, and it just he just struggled. Mm-hmm. But he would perform. It was one of the he would perform that song every like on every show conceivable all around the world for thirty years before he unfortunately passed away. Mm-hmm. But I saw that going. Yeah. I would have malpracked. I would have sued somebody's pants off if I couldn't get my hands on them because that's mm-hmm. messed up. He didn't have enough problems. You couldn't fix his face, you assholes. Yeah, I remember seeing him looking like that. He when he performed on, I believe, back in the day when RuPaul had her talk show with Michelle Michelle Massage before everything, like back on VH1. He performed. I'm like, oh my god, that's fucking horrible. But sidebar to that, he obviously did something right because. Well, that song is sampled like crazy. That song is yeah. covered like crazy, even by metal bands. I mean, Dope covered that song. And not only that, then you have uh, Paul Rudd. Yes, the recreation. Yes. To a damn yeah. T. Like, to the point where I was like, wait a second. And then they did a side-by-side on YouTube. It was amazing. So, like, kudos. So many kudos. Also... Also a great opening. Original guy. Yeah, uh, uh, Pete Burns. It's also a great opening for the movie The Wedding Singer. Yes. Yes. Um, We have to. We have to disqualify uh, uh, the song from the list. Okay, let's discuss. Uh, They had two top (laughs) twenties. Oh yeah, brand new lover. Brand new lover. You gotta take it off. You gotta take it off. No, 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 no. No, technically. See, this is where the technicality comes in. The technicality is, yeah, they have another great song. Yes, it hit the top 20, but this is the only one that hit number one to which makes them technically a one-hit wonder. See, this is the argument of one-hit wonders that I always argued about. We can argue about this right now. I let's, don't agree with it. I don't agree with the definition. Let's make it Let's make a ruling going forward. Okay. If it's in the top 40 and there's only one song in the top 40, that's a one-hit wonder. This... This rule that millennial other millennials made that saying it had to be a number one is bullshit. That's not a millennial thing. Well, who made it? Is it Gen Z? Fuck no, no. This is like that. That's per industry standards. And again, this is the that biggest. I've, I've always, always had. Right, leave it in. in. I'm not going to argue it. Leave it in. No, I, I'm. I'm with you on this. I'm totally with you. No, I'm not. I'm. Just say that's a that doesn't make it that 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 negates the purpose of the list in the first place. I don't know. That's weird. But I want the song in the playlist, so I'm going to agree with you. Yes, we're going to keep it. We're, we're keeping keep it because that was their only number one hit. Again, industries would make them be considered a one hit wonder only because they had a num- one number one hit. Even though, again, we know that there are multiple tracks. That's like insulting to the artist. It is. It absolutely is. Side note, brand new lover. I fucking love that song. It's a great so song. I remembered it after after I looked it up. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> we gotta. Um 
Jane's Addiction is not on this list because they had two uh, more than one hit. However, Porno for Pyros, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. originally had both Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros, and I was like, oh, no, Jane, Jane says, no, 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 there's, mm-hmm. there's more than one Jane. I'm going to get this mother effer on that list. Uh, one of my favorite supergroups, and unfortunately, it's only one of my favorites because this song is goddamn fantastic. And that's Porno for Pyro's Pets. Mm-hmm. Great song. It is. And, and it's only a one-hit wonder because I, I don't think they did a follow-up. I think they did the one and out. Yep. Uh, but the album's great, but that song is fan-fucking-tastic. And that is one of my favorite songs, period. I mean, he's got a hell of a rhythm section in that band. Uh, I always forget that it's Porno for Pyro's only because of that one hit. Like, yeah, I always... You would think it's Jane's Addiction. Yeah. I forgot Porto's for Pyro's was even a thing. Wow. I also just like the name of that band. It is funny. I got to add that to my 90s playlist. Oh, shit. Thank you. They did have one more album. Well, I don't remember it, so my, my theory holds. Pets. Oh, come on, Spotify. Now, Flea was the uh, bass player on that. Mm-hmm. Great song. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? Always gets a, uh, doesn't get talked about enough. Perry Farrell does not get ch- talked about enough in music circles. Yeah, he doesn't. Pre- Peter, uh, <sighs> Perry Farrell. Learn how to speak, Dan. Have it in 20, 30. Never mind, go. i'm down i'm down to uh four after this just a heads up i got one two three i also have four nice didn't even plan that Mm -hmm. all right i took one off the list since we also mentioned it last week and or the music video one, and I'm like, we really overdid it on that one, so I'm going to leave it out, and that's uh, Take On Me. Yeah, I, I negated that one, too, from my list. So. They tried to count Rick Atsley as a number one, as a one-hit wonder. No, he... Um, he had two. Never Gonna never Give You Up, and um, don't confuse it with Billy Ocean. We're going to fist fight. Um, oh. I'm looking it up, because it's bothering me now. And see, but this is why he's considered a one-hit wonder because when we want to remember the name of the next song, they can't remember it. No, but it's a great oh, song. That's what's pissing is. me off. I know, I know. Together I know. forever yes. and ever to together forever, which is a better song. Yeah. I should know that because my uncle plays and that loudly. Heaven and earth to be together forever with you. Sorry. That one. Thank you. All right, so what is what is he talking? Davy's like she liked to dance with me. Nobody cares about that song. I don't even know what you're talking about. All right, it's your go. Oh, it is. Yeah. This guy turned out to be a dickhead, which is probably why he's only had one song. Surprise of the century in the music industry. Guillote, <laughs> somebody I used to know. Ah. I fucking love that song. I like the cover. It's a, who covered it? Three Days Grace. It's on our cover playlist. Is there still a female voice on it? No. Then no, it's disqualified. 
in my <laughs> life, in my world. No, I think that the adding the uh, Kimbra to it uh, adds to the um, ferocity of that song, even though the song, and technically it's interpolated with the Jaws theme. Not even mm-hmm. kidding. Really? Um, yeah, the the main theme, not dun 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 dun. Oh. It's the end theme that John Williams wrote for it. It's in there. It's the part played on the xylophone. It's the same. It's the same damn thing. It's literally the same thing. But I just remember hearing that song going, sounds like Peter Gabriel Sting just banged and made a person. I can agree with that. And I was like, I love this. Then I listened to the rest of the album. I was like, eh. And then he kind of pissed everybody off and then went away. So. Uh, A one hit wonder per his own design. So he's got a chance, but as of now, Mm -hmm. that song will go down and it's, it's great. I I know you don't like it, but God damn it. Lyrically, it's a great song. But but lyrically, I like it, but I, and and again, I agree with the sounds. It is such like a fucking mixture of staying I could now, now that you mentioned, it, I could hear the Peter Gabriel because I always hearkened it to like an 80s ish type of sound. I've ruined that song I for so many people now. That's the thing. I didn't personally like him singing it. I didn't really like the song itself, but in hearing it covered, I'm like, all right. Get it. Yeah. Like it. Nice. Yeah. All right. I should have guessed that one was going to be on the list because it was featured in our graphic. Yeah, yeah. I did. Well, I gave away two of mine. Uh, all right. Uh huh. You know, and it's my number one. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, all right. I, there, people are going to ask for my man card. I'm going to ask them to kiss my ass. <laughs> it's all right because, because now that I know that, I can say a little something about that. Good. All right. So I am going to go with now a one hit wonder back then, and then had a fucking resurgence when the big goth boom happens in the late 90s and now has become basically almost like an iconic goth song believe it or not is send me an angel by real life send me an angel that one you don't know it all right cool no sorry i'm not i'm looking it up and i'm like i got i got no it's it's not Wow. It's not coming to me. Oh, so well, um, it was a number one hit for a while. It was featured in an 80s movie that probably nobody in the whole world has watched, which had uh, Aunt Becky in it from Full House, and it dealt with bicycles. And her and the guy went to a school dance and did bicycle tricks. What the hell is the name of this freaking movie? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That says but yeah, when well. the music video for that song comes up, it features those movie clips in it because it was in the movie. I have to look and, that up, actually. Yeah, and again, and for some, and the song after it was a hit was kind of forgotten about, but then, like I said, come the uh, the big '90s goth boom and like from '90, I want to say '95 ish till this very day, "Send Me an Angel" by Real Life, and it's like twelve inch, eight minute long remix of it is I'm so like glad you finished that one constant <laughs> uh, the movie was rad you could have texted me 
He 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 messaged me, but I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He came down to yell at me. I know, but all he messaged was rad. He didn't tell me the movie is rad. I love that we have our significant others in the background yelling at us. Yeah, yelling and comes to this. I just liked that Kelly was so enthusiastic about hot saxophone guy until I told her it was a member of the Peter Gabriel band she wasn't fond of. And she's like, oh, well. I'm um, like, what? That's that's awesome. <laughs> All I heard was his voice, Brad. I'm like, well, you gotta write more than a word. <laughs> All right, so the movie's called Rad. <laughs> yeah, the movie's called Rad. Never heard of it. Oh, God. Rad. Rad. Okay. We're like that, though. Like, random. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and it involved some kind of sport that you had to excel at in order to, like, prove yourself to, like, the popular kids. And then there was a, a, a an offshoot of that genre where it was all the ski movies. Yeah. All right, so this song... It was weird because I know the name of the band now, but I blanked on it. So when I was searching and I typed in the song name and um, went to bed by myself because it brought up a bunch of porn videos. Should have known. And the song's called Come On Eileen. <laughs> That's on my list. By Dex T. Fitzmaster Runners. Yes. Well, when you just type in Come On Eileen. Really? Wasn't thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's on my list, too. Well, there you go. Now. <laughs> nice. It's funny because that song annoys me sometimes and then doesn't annoy me. Yeah. Like, sometimes you're just like, oh, not this one. And other times it's like a straight up bop. Yep. And you know what's better than Butter on Betty? Come on, Eileen. Such a bad song. Yeah, I know. Such a bad song. <laughs> it's so different, though. So different. Yeah, it's definitely on its. Uh, nothing oh, sounds yeah. like that. Like on how the... many songs have fiddles? At least nothing mainstream. <laughs> All right, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's on your list. Should I go now? Uh, no, I will consider that a. Yeah, continue one. again. Yeah, cool. All right. I'm going to go with All the Things She Said by Tattoo. A.K.A. 90s, 90s uh, WWE Victoria entrance music. Ah, that's all you had to say. Yes. Oh, that's why I know who that is. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, this was Tattoo's only hit, even though they tried with another one and failed miserably. A lot of the reason why... They were one-hit wonders, again, of their own design. It came out that they were not a lesbian duo as they were pushing themselves to be to audiences. They get caught. They're like, quick, make out. Grab my crotch. No. (laughs) Then our career is over. Mm -hmm. Why would you lie about that? I don't know. Things I don't know if it I I don't know the I don't know if they it was them or the record deal yes that and it it's never it was never fully fleshed out whether or not they were lying about their sexuality itself 
or the fact that they were they together. were a cover got yes. gotcha yes because the whole <laughs> thing was that they were together if i'm right i believe part of the controversy too was that they were sort of relatives and that's what made it a little more controversial but since oh man country, it was fine like there was such a whole big thing surrounding tattoo man if they were relatives and lesbian couple i would have bought all their albums let me see if I if it'll. My friend told me there's a whole subgenre on 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 Pornhub about that kind of thing. <laughs> My friend told me. Twelve inches. What? Um, I'll go next while you're looking that up. Yes. My Sharona by the Knack. Ooh. And if I didn't bring this up, my mother would kill me because that's her first name, kind of without the A at the end. <laughs> so she considers that, considers that her song. She goes, "How can you not remember this song?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I forgot." Great song, mm-hmm. one of the best pop singles out there, and nothing came from it. It disappeared after that. They disappeared yeah. after that, and I have no idea why. Because, I, well, I mean, I never checked them out, so fair enough. <laughs> That's that song. Yeah. All right, my my shit ain't working down here tonight. Nothing on my phone is working down here. What tonight. were you supposed to look up? I was looking up tattoo. Oh see. yeah, I'll look them up. Because I like I said, there was such controversy surrounding them when they came out. Yeah, my phone is like a hunk of it's just a fucking useless brick right now. Oh, they're from Moscow, so they probably got shot. <laughs> Well, they're still together. Huh. Mm, controversy. Well, I think she said it's essentially touted gimmick. So Julia's pregnant led to critics accusing the girls of being fake with regard to the impression they were lesbians, although Lena and Julie have said in the past they are not together or in a relationship. The group have appeared doesn't really doesn't really say. I'll read more into that later. I only have one more, so same. Lay, lay, lay it on me. I almost said lay on me. No, lay it on me, Damien. It was. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Her name is the neck. <laughs> Matt said her name is the neck. No, her name is Sharon. <laughs> Tattoo had that much of a crazy potential. Dang, should have came out now. Yeah, uh, and then the purple flavored trash dropped some news on me. Not Matt Perp. Sorry, I don't know why I read that as yeah, right. Perp said yeah, but one is such a fucking homophobe right now. Well, there you go. There, well, you kill her, kill her career even further. Exactly. Nikki Torres on Facebook said hello, V and Daniel. How are you this evening? Hello. Hi. Welcome. Wow. Uh, well, shit. That's if I'm if I'm right. And if this is the Nikki Torres I'm thinking, that's my cousin down in Florida. Do you know anything <laughs> about uh, relationship videos from... Oh, never mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's me. Oh, God. No, that's, I forgot to lower the volume. I was... No, I was liking the, the comments so they know I saw it. Hello, Nikki. Is that my conscience? <laughs> no, it's your cousin. It's a different C word. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Hey, you're number one. All right, my last one. My last one that I I hear in shop. No, I have two. I just thought of one at the end. I just thought of two, and they're both everybody's bald. Then keep going. (laughs) You'll understand when I say it. 
Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, this comes in in like the Pasek shop right over here sometimes. And I'm just like, ee! and it's one of those songs I love so much that when it was sampled in a song in the 2000s by Gym Class Heroes, I automatically love that song oh because God. it was sampled and you never hear it. And it's um, You Don't Have to Take Your Clothes Off by Jermaine Stewart. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, the song that Gym Class Heroes, it was, they, Gym Class Heroes sampled it and they titled it Close Off as well. But the original is so much better. It, it's such an ode to abstinence. <laughs> abstinence and sobriety. I wouldn't know about either. Wine. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you don't have to take your clothes off to have a good time. Mm. Sipping cherry wine. It is if you don't want to make a mess. <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Mm. <laughs> I, yes, thank you. I will. Um, so the one I added, and you'll get why the bald comment was made, is because I forgot about one of my favorites, and that's "Beds Are Burning" by Midnight Oil. I was gonna add that. Well, there, there you go. I was gonna add that. That's a damn classic. <laughs> it really is. Mm -hmm. And the the lead singer became an uh, environmental activist uh, and held office that. in Australia. I can totally see that. But now the band's back together. Uh, mm -hmm. The side story to that is, is I was so high on that song. Like, I rediscovered it in high school. And I was like, oh, I remember this. I love this song. Uh, that I got all their albums off of Columbia House. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's... Well, no, they sucked. They're not in business anymore. No, I mean, uh, they didn't get my money. Um, no, no, Midnight Oil. Not good stuff. No. Mm -mm. There's like six or like four or five albums that I grabbed. I was like, eh. no, I tried. And my number one. Your number one. I'm not ashamed of this. I love this song. It's got a great melody in the middle of this pop. This pop song has a great melody in the middle during the chorus. And it is I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fresh. Damn right. I Damn love that. Right. I love that goddamn song so much. I don't care what anybody says. That is a damn good song. It's just such a damn good junk pop song. Yeah. Like people write off pop it is it to begin to begin with, but like I said, you get to that chorus, it's got that. That melody underneath it, whether it's sampled or not, is fan friggin tastic. Yes. And it, it's one of those songs you just have to like stop what you're doing and either dance along to or sing along to. Exactly. No, 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 no. No, finish what you're saying. Yeah. Like you don't, it's one of those songs you just don't have a choice. Your body just instinctively either sings along to it or you're strutting around your kitchen while you're cooking like you're on a goddamn catwalk and it's New York Fashion Week in the 90s. It's like, oh, look, at Linda, Linda Evangelista is right behind me. So um, Damien's trying to add the bad touch, but I can name three other singles. Same. Bloodhound Gang. Um, Fox Route Unit. Firewater Burn. Uh, mm -ts, mm -ts. Um, uh, Fox Trot Uniform, Charlie Kilo. But were they number ones? I'm not doing the number one thing. They were tough oh, 40s. But that's the whole point. No, no, the bad touches. No, there's not because you know what? Then, no. if we're gonna do that, I can argue. Right, said Fred. They had another number one. They had another single. Yes, they did. Don't talk, just kiss. 
I gotta hear that. I love that. Okay, I'm bringing a guest on, not on the camera because she refused, but I'm not gonna try to sit here and you try to tell me. So get on mic so we can all hear you and tell me why you just brought this into me. She just brought her Kindle in and said, Lucas with the lid off by Danish rapper Lucas Sakan. I think so. What's the story? Um, I worked at a UCD store for about two years, and this CD single was sitting in a free bin. So I picked it up, and it was just a CD single. I forget. I think oh. there's just like three remixes of the same song on it. So just that song. And I popped it in the car going home one day, and I was like, this is a great song. <laughs> it made the US, it made the Billboard Top 100 alternative I, airplay dance I, single I and hot it. rap. I've heard of that name. I, I can't remember the song, but I know that title. It got number 29 on the top fucking 40. Wow. I'm going to have, I, I know that title. The Benny Goodman sample. Yeah, there's, it's got a Benny Goodman orchestra sample in it. What is it called again? Uh, Lucas with the, I have to put that on because I want to hear it. With the, all right. So then the bad touch from Bloodhound Gang also gets in. Okay. Yes. I'll put, yeah, I'll agree to that one. I'll add it to my list. I'll add it. Because the thing is, with, with Bloodhound Gang 2, Bad Touch was the one that hit pop. Oh, it was so big. It, it hit all genres. It hit movies. Whereas songs like Fire, Water, Burn, you would only ever hear on K-Rock. Or Y100 down here. Yeah. Or down down local, in Philly. Your local rock here. alternative station in the 90s. Like, whereas Bad Touch, that was on Z100. Remix of, uh, remixes of that were made for, like, KTU. It's in movies. You could hear it in commercials. I was trying to so, weasel Tony Banks into this list with the number with one hit wonders, and I can't. He didn't have anything on the charts. <laughs> like, damn it. I really like this song, though. Um, Damien, stop adding songs. You're making more work for me. Uh, he added Baby Got Back by Sir Mix a lot. Yeah, because his yeah. second single was terrible and it never even charted. I don't remember. I don't remember. Put him on the glass. That was his second single. Didn't even hit the charts. It's put him on the glass. Never heard of it. I'm a nerd. I know. By the that. by the way, honorable mention is Bloodhound Gang Pennsylvania song. <laughs> it's so goddamn. You know that one, right? Mm-hmm. Do you even know what a wawa is? No. A lot of people did it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, Wawa sucked down here. Anyway, that's my list. Party all the time, Eddie Murphy. I said no more! <laughs> I was going to add it to mine. I'm, I'm cutting the list off. Well, you add it to yours and you put it on the playlist. I'm not adding that one. Got it. Because I could have added so much more. All right. I like this follow-up was up with you. Was up, was up, was up with you. With Michael Jackson. It's a terrible song. I, it was a joke. I hate that song. <laughs> Not even Michael Jackson could fit, uh, could uh, fix um, Eddie Murphy's follow-up single. Agreed. Uh, any other one-hit wonders you can think of, Kel? <laughs> mom, mom came up with My Sharona by the Knack. I was like, yeah, there you go. Did Yes? No, is that a one-hit wonder? Owner of the Lonely Heart? Is that, they have, they have more than one number one, though? I'm putting that on there. Owner of the Lonely Heart by Yes is a one hit. Yeah. They tried to follow it with Big Generator and people are like, fuck you. Where's my time signatures? Pod Rock doesn't have any. Anyway, that's it. Yeah, that one was terrible. Yes, it was. 
Yeah, it's a, it was a good list. That's going to be a great playlist. I'm glad I thought of the Midnight Oil one before we were ending because I was like, also, I have a question. Is that your favorite song or is it the Can Can ShopRite song your favorite ShopRite song? Now, okay, well, okay. The Can Can song is good. I'm not going to lie because during the Can Can sale, whenever me and my mom would go and that song came on, yeah, we did the Can Can dance. Yeah, I know. Because- Actually, no, we didn't. No, I'm lying. We didn't do the actual Can Can dance. We t- <laughs> we would hear the Can Can song and we would do the dance that Dance Dance Revolution had on similar to that song on easy mode. <laughs> so we would be in the aisle doing like Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> I, I, uh, that, that song's fine when you're hearing it, when you're shopping there or on TV, but when you got to work there during the can can sale mm-hmm. and you hear it every 10 minutes in full for a month, as if people didn't know that the fucking can can sale was gone, that that's why we were so busy that you had to play it in the store for those who might not know. Also, they missed all the signs. Like, really? Can we stop the song, please? God, five years. Shepard has a shot. It's true. All right, I'm done. Sorry. It's fine. It's damn true. (sighs) And that is our compilation for our our favorite one hit wonders as well as some debatable ones because the music industry sucks when it comes to promoting their artists and labeling what they are and they shouldn't label anything at all ever that's my rant okay uh be sure to check out this episode's compilation playlist or every song that we spoke about as well as songs by featured people we spoke about in the music news will be there for you to listen to especially if you're like who the hell is this maybe you'll find something you like maybe you'll find something you hate maybe it'll inspire you to look up more by said artist haha uh you can also catch this episode itself on spotify to listen to at hiac radio if i'm correct hiac talk radio network go to your podcast app on your phone type that in follow subscribe like share whatever the terminology they use add to feed but please do be greatly appreciated yes i i I know our uh my buddy squirrel will be listening once we are on spotify squirrel squirrel and because he always he always the the nicest thing he always says because it feels like i'm sitting there with you guys every time i listen to you on spotify yes i love it does he also yell at me does squirrel yell at me when they hear me say something stupid shut up i don't know I'm going to have to ask. (laughs) I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Okay. All right. Um, Be sure to check us out next time. We usually go every other Saturday, but that would be March 12th. We are not having a show because I'm going to ministry live in Montclair. So we'll probably be the week after. Um, Either way, you can follow us on all other social media realms. I am at Viva Foxy Foxy on Twitter. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and Spotify, actually. And you are... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snap, Spotify, Daniel83. There we go. Made it really easy for everybody. Damien's the one that's like, I got three different screen names. What? 
I used to be that way too, and then I just switched everything over to one. It's so yeah. much easier. Can you do way. that for me, Dragon? It'd be great. No, he can't. I know he won't. He won't. Just to be a dick. I know he will. That's fine. That's, <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. I'm going to steal right. something from your man cave when I see you. Ooh, those be fighting words. Yeah, okay. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> All right. You want to see any of these Ghostbusters special features? You keep your hands off me. I'll hold it over you. For tuning in, we will be chit chatting more next time. Bye.